Hello and welcome to another episode of the Microsoft Spotlight podcast, hosted by me, John Jarvis, and my co-host, Andrew Moran. This episode today is sponsored proudly by BitTitan. Um, Andrew, could you introduce our guest today? So I'd like to introduce our very first dual MVP, uh, Tracy Vanderscape from uh, South Africa. You want to uh, introduce yourself? Look at you rock that surname. That doesn't happen often. So yes, yes. I'm Tracy. I'm all the way from sunny South Africa. Um, love the country. We always have great weather. So I just need to always throw that in there. You know, count your blessings where you can. And then as said, dual MVP, but it's just a naughty badge. You know that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've, I've been an MVP, but to be, to, to be fair, though, to get dual MVP does take a lot, obviously, a lot of work. It just takes a lot of work just to get one, but to get two, <laughs> you know, you, you're doing something right there. You, you must have, like, endless amounts of time on your hands to... Let me, to, let me to, tell you what do I don't that. have is children, which <laughs> then leads to endless amounts of time. Yeah. <laughs> so how does the dual MVP... I'm going to skate around what we normally ask question-wise, but how does the dual MVP actually happen? So there's obviously different uh, like pillars, if I can call it yeah. that, um, the product groups that it falls into nearly. So business, uh, so office side, which we've known for years, the office uh, 365 service and services. And then the business applications ones actually split off. So that's Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. And okay. because I focus across the stack, um, I definitely, I'm not Azure or compliance and those things, but um, because I definitely focus on the business value for the business applications and workflow and all of those cool things as well. I just wrote so many blogs and did so many videos on that side as well that uh, I just, whenever I like, you know, you have to submit your like contributions and then it kind of just got clear and it was like, nope, that's two areas. And it's definitely enough because you're right. It is contributions per area. But like I said, it's a naughty badge. So like, we didn't um, know about you until basically one of our very early guests basically mentioned you being one of their people they look up to in the community. So uh, who we was that? Oh, God, I can't remember her name now. Um, she was based in Germany. Um, but, yeah, she basically um, mentioned um, you as a, a person that you... Oh, Is it Karina Lyons, I think? That's the one, yes, Karina Lyons. So, yeah, she mentioned that you, obviously, you know, being a person that she got to in the community. And obviously, when I went and then started looking on LinkedIn and all your blogs and stuff, I went, okay, this, this person kind of knows exactly I'm what like, I'm like, plastered all over the place, am I not? Like, plastered <laughs> all over the place, I know. So, um, do you want to give us a bit of background about what you're currently doing now, where you come from, and then we'll, we'll go from there? Sweet. So, um, I do, as I mentioned, South Africa. I have, for the last 10 years, I've had my own company. I think I'm kind of incorrigible. So I can't work very long for a company because then you go into that dangerous zone where I'm either going to get fired or I'm going to scream at a CEO. Okay. So I normally kind of like have to manage that well. And I'm too much of a free spirit. You know, I, uh, my moral values and things are quite high. So, well, everyone, I don't mean that bad, but I mean, when you work in corporate environments, it's difficult. Your voice isn't that loud. You know, you can't be that strong about your opinions and that doesn't work for me. So 10 years ago, I just went like, nope. I'm out and I started my um, company called The Good Stuff. So The Good Stuff, <laughs> like good, like, you know. And um, so I am, um, I, I did, I mean, how, how cool is this? Okay, so 10 years in a row, I've won um, the Employee of the Year Award. <laughs> 10 years in a row, I've won it. But I'm also the owner and I'm the only person <laughs> in the company, okay? But still, I've won it for 10 years. This year and, and, and last year, because it was such a complex year, 
this year and last year, I actually won the award twice because it's been a really tough year. So, <laughs> so for um, I won it last month again as well, and I won a Bose speaker. Oh, I was so so happy. And about six months ago, I won and I won a um a Schmeg coffee maker. So excited about that. So that's the benefit of working for yourself, by the way. Um, so yeah, and um, I don't know. I've I've kind of been involved in the whole IT space for. I think for whole my life, okay, really, if you think of it, but that was never my job purpose. I just always got involved in things. So whatever the jobs is that I did, I always got involved in the IT side. And I think I think it's my passion to help people and to solve problems. So I was a bookkeeper for many years. I know, don't laugh out loud. But um, I'm, I'm definitely a little bit OCD as well. So that number thing really kicks something off for me. That like whole balancing number thing I kind of like. And uh, so I've been a bookkeeper for many years. I had a driving school. I taught people to drive. I designed kitchens and furniture and built kitchens and furniture. I had an art shop. I gave art classes. And there was a lot of other stuff as well. So I've done pretty much everything. And um, at some point, like 17 years ago, IT chose me. That's how it happened. Never studied it. Never went into that direction. It just is who I became. So not how, quite how, in a nutshell. What, what, what basically happened for it to choose you? What happened for it to choose me? So like I said, I think all my life I've always been a natural someone to help someone. My company's mission also, or my personal mission statement, is to facilitate the evolution of human capabilities. Okay, that's it. That's what I want to achieve in life. That's all I want to achieve in life is help people be better than they were the day before. So um, what kind of happened is, is that I did. I got divorced uh, 16 years ago, 17 years ago. Got divorced, lost pretty much everything in my life, like everything. Okay, like rock bottom, I lost absolutely everything. I lost my businesses. I really had a tough time. Got a job at a company as like, I don't know, an assistant or something. It was a really tough time in my life. And seven months later, they called me in and said, good news, bad news. And I was like, that's not good. I said, go for the bad news first. And they said, you don't have your job anymore. I said, well, I didn't think that would last long because I really am not a good assistant. Okay, like not good at that at all. When the boss asks me, where's my this and this file? I'm like, I don't know. You got to learn where do you know, like figure out where you put it down and then you don't have to ask me, you know. So seven months later, he says, nope, you don't have your job anymore. I'm like, well, he says, you have another job now. I'm like, what? He says, you got promoted. He says, I've made you a systems administrator for our feed uh, services uh, software. I'm like, he says, you'll figure it out because I've already seen how you work with things. And I did, became the systems administrator. Seven months again later, they called me and says, good news, bad news. I'm like, we, you know, we can't do this anymore, this deja vu thing. I said, what now? And they said, well, you don't have your job anymore. You have a new job. And I'm like, what's my new job? And they said, you are now pr the proud intranet manager for AFGRI and the management rep for their ISO compliance systems. And I was like, what? We have an intranet? <laughs> and, they, and they said, oh, and apparently it's built on SharePoint. And I went like, what's SharePoint? And that was it. That's how it started. I had like a week to learn what SharePoint was. And I took over the intranet for the company and figured it out. And, and that's how I could we we have yet another another person who's accidentally fed into IT via SharePoint. <laughs> a lot of us has. SharePoint yeah. is the gateway drug that leads to the consumption of the other drugs in in uh, Office three six five. We need to just be uh, clear about that. I think I was, um, I was saying to someone over the weekend, you either have that, you should have a SharePoint or Exchange. Um, they're the two. You're right. They're the two um, pathways to to the, to the to the full drug. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely is. Together for the very first time in 18 months, actually next to each other. Oh. It's amazing. We oh, actually went to a, 
a, a conference. Yeah, we had a <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Well, I just got uh, my second vaccine. It's been interesting in South Africa, and I'm glad that I eventually was able to get my second vaccine. And some of the countries has now stopped thinking of us as the worst people in the world and opened their borders to us. So, so South Africa does tend to be the naughty child in the universe, right? So uh, apparently we're allowed back in some countries again. So I'm quite excited to travel again, I'd say. So from obviously what I know of you, you're a very busy person and obviously from that i was going to drive a little bit into that and obviously experience you've had recently so just tell us what you generally do on a day-to-day -day basis uh, interesting concept because i don't mind going into what happened i think it's a good warning sign for everyone but uh, it's amazing how um quickly i went back to the chaos um, i'm already experiencing it again but my average day and i've kind of swapped it around i can't work really much in the evenings anymore i'm struggling with that so i'm always up at five I'm that annoying morning person. So you never, ever, ever want to go camping with me, ever. I'm that annoying, happy person every single morning. Half past four, five, I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's do things. So at uh, at five, that's me. I like anywhere from half past three, four o'clock, half past four, I start opening my eyes. I get up at five. I work from five to seven um, on prep work for the day, training and stuff. Because as you know, if you train and do workshops, you can't do anything else. You know, like when you're in meetings, you can do emails, but not while you're actually presenting. So then I do prep work. Then I do gym between five to seven. I've got a home gym. I bought myself, uh, bought myself a beautiful home gym. Then I gym from five to seven for my health and well-being, apparently. It's called balance, okay? Work, gym, balance. And then I go straight back into work again. So then from eight to five, it's, uh, it's workshops and strategic consulting and training and webinars and crazy things. And, uh, and then I desperately try not to work over I'm after hours. I'm, I'm trying my best, maybe an hour or so, but, but that's the day. Hmm. So as I kind of uh, alluded to, obviously this is the second attempt, obviously, to, to do this recording. Um, it is. The first time we had to cancel because of a health issue that you had. I did, yeah, and I'm quite uh, okay to uh, to talk about it. So um, on the 31st of August, I had a stroke, and um, I didn't think I'd ever. I'm 46 years old. I don't think I'm like that unhealthy or something. And I had a stroke. I it was that, you know, you've heard that saying where they say hard work never kills someone. <laughs> yes, it does apparently. So, um, so I nearly died. My brain, there's two different uh, types of strokes. You get the, the blood clot through your brain, which does a lot of damage. Um, and I was fortunate. I actually had a spasm in my brain where it cuts off the blood oxygen um, and stuff, but because of stress and overwork and exhausted. And, um, and yeah, that stopped me dead in your tra my tracks. So if you ever want to say, oh, no, I just can't take a day off. Yes, you can. <laughs> I had to take two and a half weeks off and, uh, just get better, but I'm um, feeling a lot better. So, so a big warning sign to all of you out there. You need to, uh, yes, you need to put yourself first. That's something I have to learn. I'm not good at it. So biggest lesson learned for me is um, if I can only love myself and have compassion for myself as I do for others, I'd be okay. So I'm working on that. What's your like coping mechanism now? So obviously for just to just switching off because, I mean, means. I, I had news yesterday, um, and basically I've got um, autism and basically on the ADHD uh, spectrum. 
Um, so I, I got diagnosed yesterday, so for, I know for, for myself that my brain is always firing, always thinking of you know the next thing. Yeah. So what kind of like things that you do for um, just basically just coping and switching off to obviously start relaxing and winding down? Because obviously you don't want to go to that that situation again of having another stroke because you know. Yeah. I am concerned about it because I'm so driven by my passion and um and uh, also I'm ADD also in high definition, which is ADHD. <laughs> so believe me. Um, there's nothing that switches the brain off. And that's exactly why what happened to me actually happened in my sleep. I thought I would sleep every night. I feel like I sleep well, but I don't. My brain didn't switch off. It just kept on working and it kept on solving things and it kept on like rattling it out there. So I, I don't know how much of a coping. I think a struggle for me and I think there might be people out there. I envy anyone who's got family and kids and stuff at home because it keeps you accountable. I don't. I don't have any accountability at home. And I think for a lot of people, that is their coping mechanism without them realizing it. It's that person coming into the office and screaming at you and saying, stop working now. You have a family. That's accountability. You know, I don't have that. I don't stop. So so I've had to make all my friends and family around me accountable as well to check in with me and to kind of fight with me because I don't stop. My brain at the moment doesn't work the hours it used to. So my body is still keeping me back. But um, coping mechanism, and it's tricky because I've not been able to do it for a couple of weeks, and I think that adds to the problem, is my motorbikes. I, um, if you talk about meditation, I ride very, very fast motorbikes, and that's my meditation. People don't get it, but it's a different way your brain works, and it actually release, releases stress in my brain. So, so riding in very hectic traffic with very fast bikes with lots of thousands of cars around me, Love it. It so relaxes my brain. So I haven't been able to ride for a couple of weeks, but I'm hoping to be able to go for a ride this weekend. So in a way, that's my coping mechanism. And I also think that led to the stroke type of thing, because previously I used to commute to clients on my bike. So I had my fix luck every day or something. And now it became months of not traveling, not even leaving the house, you know, and I think that was a problem was not getting out. So I don't have a, a coping mechanism yet. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. It's on my to-do list in OneNote, but I'm not quite there yet. I have to figure it out. I think everyone has their own like kind of like coping mechanism for certain things. I mean, one one of my happy places is where I'm on a paintball field as a referee, getting shot at. So I'm there getting hit all day, every day, just basically for the, for the fun of it because I enjoy doing it. Yeah. So a whole adrenaline thing, obviously running around. Absolutely, it's slide, adrenaline. Sliding to people, shouting at them. Absolutely love it. And, you know, that's one thing that I do for, for myself that helps me kind of yeah. switch off on a weekend, as well as running uh, you know, on under nine football team. Um, so as you're very much the very first guest we've had from uh, the African region, um, so we have I've had a lot of people from the UK, the US. Um, one of the questions I want to throw at you is obviously about the WIT network, because obviously you've had different opinions and different views from obviously different areas of the globe. Now, I'd like to know what it's kind of like in South Africa and how it kind of, kind of you work within that space as well. Do you want the honest truth or do you want a nice um, answer that'll go great on the podcast? Oh, we, we're all about truth. Just <laughs> say how it is. That, 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 oh. that's both, both go well on the, on the podcast, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've got a very uh, different opinion to most people on it, and I've always been quite outspoken about it. Microsoft also knows it. So um, for the last couple of years, Obviously, if we think, and we're talking about women in IT, okay, we're talking about the female component in the IT space, okay? Obviously, I had my fair share of drama. Of course, I did. 
I wouldn't like to talk about it because I'd rather talk about cool things like my motorbikes, okay? Because it's past. I fought through it. It made me a very hard worker. It made me fight back. It made me very strong, um, like to take what was mine, to work harder for it. So um, for years, I said, like as in anything in life, there's a pendulum that swings. There's about putting focus on things, and then we need to get balance again. And and what was concerning for me the last couple of years is that the focus was so much on that, is that people were getting recognition just for being female, and that's a problem for me, because that means that the pendulum is not swinging back. And I started seeing um, negative actions towards men, where men were too scared to actually speak up, because then there could be an issue or something. And I said, guys, we're going to have to drop this pendulum. It's got to settle now, and we've got to be great human beings. We've got to stop focusing just on that specific component. So... I'm the person, if you ask me, hey, Trace, can we take a photo of all the ladies at the conference we'd like to have? I said, nope, let's take a photo of everyone. Can we do that? Because we're humans of IT. We're humans of IT. I'm part of the gang. There's no difference between me and you. And I'd like that to be the focus, if that makes sense. So yes, absolutely, we had drama in the past. What I always say to everyone, because also I was part of all those uh, like movements to try and get everyone on board. I cannot tell you how many times ladies have said to me, but we never get into conference to be speakers. And I'm like, I haven't seen you at any of the conferences I arranged that was free. So to all the ladies out there that listens to this, if you want to achieve something in life, you have to get up, dress up and show up. Okay, because that forms a very, very big part. A lot of times the abuse that we have is self-abuse. A lot of times we're the ones being abusive with ourselves because we don't choose ourselves. We don't think we're good enough. So please, please focus on that. And then if we can just all love each other and uplift each other, then we're going to have a wonderful world. So that's my opinion about that. Humans of our tea for the win, people. Because, hey, don't make a mistake. I can't remember if this is just podcast or if it's video as well. But if it's not, I'm going to show everyone looking at me anyway. Because uh, even in my company, even in my company, and that's me throwing stuff off a shelf, even in my company, I'm a... I'll, I'm humans of IT and animals of IT. This is Bram, by the way. He's an internship in my company. Internship. That's why I said I won the award, by the way, because there's actually two of us. But um, <laughs> Bram's an internship. He's got his own uh, Microsoft. He gets a badge as well when we go to Ignite. So I'm all for humans and sheep in IT. I'm quite happy about that. So He's an MVP as well, is he? He's absolutely. He's a, like I said, he's an internship, and he has been promoted to mentorship, which is uh, which is very good. Yeah, and he's even got an account in my office three six five ten. It costs me a lot of money for someone who doesn't have good stats in my usage reports. But anyway, do you manage him on um, Viva now? <laughs> I should. <laughs> I should. Okay, so I should get one. So you're talking about your your opinions, obviously, you know. Yeah, there is a pendulum, you know, it's obviously good to put a focus on women in IT. I mean, I say me and John were at a conference just last weekend, um, basically speaking about women in teams uh, community. So we had on our panel, four of our previous guests, we had Zoe Wilson, Donna S uh, Sarkar, uh, Sophie Dimolo, and uh, Sarah Fenner. Um, yeah. You know, it, it was basically good to obviously, you know, have people in the room as well, because a lot of the people in the room didn't realise that, you know, just because it's the whole term women in tech, you know, as a man, you can also be a part of that community and also, you know, supporting yeah, that particular absolutely group. Absolutely, agree. And then one of the things that's basically come out of it is like, you know, um, it's probably a little movement we've kind of got to probably start is like called BAM, which is um, something that basically Sophie's created, which is like bring a male. So okay. if there's 
So if there's ever like a, a conference where a woman's speaking, just bring a man with you. Obviously, but that person can obviously then be an advocate for women in tech and obviously help that whole whole entire space. Yeah, I hear you. I think uh, yeah, I've I've given my opinion. I just think I think we need to look bigger at this. I see everyone suffering. I see I, I just think we need to have balance in this as well. I live in a country where balance was ripped apart and we don't have balance. So so I think we just need to remember to keep balance as well. I've met so many ladies who don't put themselves first, who don't take that step. And um, and that can't be a crutch. You know, we, we've got to also fight back. We've got to also take our place in the in the community. So, yes, maybe I'm that little balance ticker. You know, maybe I'm just the one saying, hey, just like stay on the path as well. Let's be all fair to each other because... Singling, I think the point I'm trying to make, and especially coming from South Africa, as soon as you single someone out, you're not choosing someone else. Please think about that. As soon as you single someone out, there's someone not being chosen. And that's what happens when you put people on pedestal. So I really, really want them to just get some balance and start saying, I choose people. I choose humans. Um, there's a lot of things we need to fix. So you're saying about not having... Um um, women step up and, and taking the opportunity to speak and stuff like that is that kind of where I, I know you do a lot of mentor mentorship and stuff like that is that where that kind of comes in and, and starting to um, become a, a figurehead for the women in IT to actually start speaking and, and, and joining in these conferences I definitely think it does and, and there's another side to it which I've had long chats with people about there's another side to it just uh I have alarms that goes off for medicines that I have to take people. So that was a well-being thing. It does actually play um, BG is staying alive to me and then says, take your pills. So look at me winning at life. But anyway, so um, what I did want to add about that is, and it's the same as I feel about the doctors treating me at the moment, is I don't like treating symptoms. We have to treat causes. Okay. So, and that's the same as with life. So if I think of women not stepping up, Okay, not putting their hand up to speak at a conference, not going to a free conference, not joining a um, a, a UG. Okay, because that happens, and it happens because of past oppression. Okay, so I'm not saying that's not true. It does happen because of past oppression, how you were treated or something. But a lot of that also comes from upbringing. A lot of it comes years and years and years on with how we treated different as kids and stuff. So, so for me, part of that mentorship isn't just that person that has the impact now. It's also speaking to young people saying to treat your kids different, to, to already raise a different generation where that's not the impact because it doesn't come from now. It's not the last 10 years. It's people that are 35, 40 years old that are struggling with that because of how we were raised, because of not being taken like that, that you're important. It's like when you're a little girl, it's like, don't do those things, you'll get hurt. You know, only wear a dress. Oh, you've got to wear makeup one day. You've got to look pretty one day. Rather be quiet, let the men speak. That's the all the areas, especially me as a South African. I'm Afrikaans as well, which is a very, very like farmer's type, like a woman's got a place, okay, and a man's got his place. Grew up in those environments. So for me, I'm more passionate about fixing that. So, so also in companies, what I say is that if we're saying that women aren't pitching, okay, because yes, they're also not being picked, but that's less and less because I could arrange conferences for years already. We're not getting female speakers submitting sessions, which is a challenge, which comes from a problem in the past. So I'm saying what companies should do is they should invest in self-esteem programs 
We should step back and say, how do we invest in our people to learn skills, to love ourselves, to be good to ourselves, to have better well-being? Because if we fix those power skills, then a lot of this will get fixed. But we keep on just focusing on the symptom, which is wrong. We must go back and fix the causes. Let's everyone go through, why is that not traditional training in companies? where we teach people how to do public speaking, where we teach people how to like have authority and stand up for yourself and believe in yourself. We don't. I think it goes in school. I think it goes a little bit further back than that. And so, something that our past guest, um, Eleanor um, Sunil, has done really well is um, actually teaching in schools and getting kids um, and teenagers exactly. into um, into workshops and hackathons and and and, get, and, and, and doing it that way. Absolutely, absolutely agree. And again, not the tech side necessarily. I, If I think of, uh, of the type of work that I deliver, so I'm a consultant, I do strategic consulting, I help people roll out Office 365, I do change management, adoption, training, webinars, comms, everything, okay? Like the whole 2D, build intranets. And, and if I think of that, if I think of the training that I deliver, 20 or 30% of my content is technical content. 60, 70% psychological. Because if you can fix someone's self-esteem and their belief in themselves, they can teach themselves anything. We need to go back to the childhood and teach kids to have those skills. Because if they have those skills, those necessary foundational skills, they can teach themselves anything. That's, so, that's my big thing. So what, what's different with you then, Tracy? You said you, you've come from quite um, an Afrikaans background where you know men do this and then women do this. You, you got into IT 15, 17 years ago, like, and what's what's made you want to start speaking at conferences and these user groups? How how was your perspective changed, and how did you start to speak? I um, so the way I got involved in it, if that makes sense, I got involved in the community before I really realised the community existed, if that makes sense. So. So firstly, when, when that story happened with me at that company where they said, hey, you're the intranet manager now. And I was like, what? And they said the Friday and the Monday was a public holiday. So it was a long weekend. And I said, don't worry, you've got a long weekend to figure it out. SharePoint. Okay. Because uh, Tuesday, you're taking over the support of the intranet. And I was like, and I did. I just tried to research everything I could. And I said that uh, whenever someone asked me something, I won't say I don't know, because if I hear that too many times in one day, I won't survive it, okay? So I would say, oh, wait, my phone's just ringing. I've got another call. I'll get back to you now, and then I Google it, okay, like the rest of us does, okay? And then I get back to them, and that's how I learned. But but what happened for me that first um, couple of years is that I spent that typical me in a basement with no windows, and I felt I had no support. I had no support in the company. They wouldn't pay for me for training and support me for conferences and things because I was a girl. Okay, it's a fact. Okay, I don't even have to like, it's just exactly what it was. The boys were sent on nice conferences and drinking parties. The women, not so much. Okay, so I had to struggle on my own. I had to build my own support and I found these people online, blogs and things. Okay, I didn't realize it was a community. I just found blogs and they become our support structure. And then I decided that I wanted to start blogging and not so that people could read it because I didn't think that would happen. I thought I would start blogging so that I could find my content again. Because that's before cloudy type things and having a OneNote in the cloud, okay? Because if that was the option, I must probably would have just done it in OneNote. But I thought, no, I want to have this place where when I learn a cool new script that I want to add on a SharePoint page, I need to put this down somewhere because I can't find it again. And I thought, like, oh, I'm going to do a WordPress site and then I'll just go. I'm not going to share the link with anyone. So, I mean, how hard must I struggle to actually find it? And that's how it started. I started writing blogs for me for notes. It became my notebook. 
And then from a community perspective, um, for getting involved, for me, the big passion was giving back because I knew exactly what it felt like to be alone and not to have support and to struggle and to feel like you're the only one. And that became my drive and my passion is to be that light in the tunnel for someone else when they're really struggling because so many people are stuck in jobs where they expected to do things and they just lost. So that was my biggest passion. I wrote more and more blogs. And then because of the blogs and the engagement that you get and then the people that you get exposed to, you start realizing that there's this movement. And it's my passion to help people and to share with people and to teach people. That kind of drove me to then stick up my hand, um, fight back, get in there, et cetera. And then also tough childhood. You know, I had to, from a very young age, fight for myself. So I was a natural born fighter. So the more I get resistance, the harder I fight. Okay. I know it's not the same for anyone else. I'm like, oh, I can't get in there. Then I'll try harder. And that's just, uh, I think that's how, and then I just didn't take no for answers. I don't take prisoners. So I don't know. That's how it happened. That's, that's just a, you know, a wicked story because you, know, you have to kind of put yourself out there to achieve anything in life. Because if you the more you on the fence, you, you're never going to basically progress. You're never going to basically achieve all the things that, you know, you're very much capable of doing. Yeah. I don't know how much time we have left um, because there's something I'd like to add to that if I have another two or three minutes. I don't know. Oh, we've got plenty um, of time. You, 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 I, um, I think a big thing that happened to me was to challenge myself. I'm sure you've heard this. I don't know if you have or something, but um, a self-esteem thing because I you can believe me now if you want to or not. Okay. The people that knows me very, very well knows this is true. I've got a really bad self-esteem. Okay. So as soon as I go into my, into my passion zone, it's like a Superman cloak that I put on. It's a different face that I wear. So the first couple of years, I mean, I'm going to ignite 30,000 people and getting on stage at night. You like, I think that's crazy. Okay. This is the same chick who will, if you have to tell me, Trace, meet me at this new pub on the corner tonight, I won't go into the pub on my own. I'll wait for you to arrive and walk in with you still to this day. So there's a big difference for me with the self-esteem I have when, when my passion isn't my cloak. Okay. So, so my passion for what I do and helping people and the passion I have for Microsoft became the Superman cloak for me. And somewhere it merged. Okay. Somewhere I kind of like realized that that isn't two people anymore in a way, if that makes sense. But, but what did happen is um, it was in 2016, okay? So that's like uh, five years, okay? How crazy is that? Um, I've got a thing for numbers. I've got a like, thing for numbers and symbols and colors, and there's a so, like, little thing that happens in my head. And everything starts with pictures for me. So anything that I do, I have to draw a picture first. It's just how it works. I've got to design a logo for it or something. I don't know. I've got to start with pictures. So I sat in my garden. It was, um, when is it leap year? Is that the 29th of February, right? I was sitting in my garden drinking a glass of red wine because no good story starts with a green salad, by the way, in case <laughs> someone lied to you. So I was having a spritzer, okay, that's soda and wine in my garden. Beautiful, sunny South African day. And I believe it or not, after years of being involved, I mean, like five years ago, the online Office 365 was already five, six years in, okay? So um, it suddenly dawned on me. I couldn't believe that I was so stupid. I went like, Office 365, there's 365 days in the year. How did that happen? Didn't dawn on me before, like at all. And I was like, how incredible is that? And I, then I had this vision about around the world in 80 days, which is a story I watched as a kid. Okay, this little traveling story. And I went like, oh, 
How cool would it be if I wrote a blog every single day and I called it around the office in 365 days? Remember now that I've had a couple of glasses of wine, okay? Always makes it sound lots easier. So at that stage, I'd only written about 20 or 30 blogs or 40 blogs, okay? So I thought that's a great idea. Immediately designed a logo. I said, that's what I'm going to do because I want to force myself to learn every day. And that's the only way if I commit to that challenge, I will learn everything. Every day I'll learn something new and then share it with an audience, document it and share it, right? So that next morning I woke up and I went like, thank goodness I didn't say anything, but I did remember the wine. So I did go on social media and I told everyone that I was going to do this crazy thing. I was going to write a blog every single day and it's called the office uh, around the office in 365 days. So the next day with a hangover, I had to start doing it. I was very sorry for myself, but I had to. And back then I didn't even do video. I still wrote articles that took me four to five hours to write. Crazy because I'm also pedantic OCD. Remember, everything's got to be perfect. So you can't just write a blog about version control and SharePoint. You've got to start with how to build an intranet, okay? So, so I did it. I never thought, every single day, I never thought I'd finish it, ever, 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 ever. I never thought I'd finish it because of my self-esteem, never. Every single day, I published a blog. Couldn't believe I finished it. During that first year is where I got identified for MVP because I just pushed out so much content. I mean, at this point, still, if I Google stuff, I still find my own blog sometimes without me realizing I'd written about it. So um, when I stopped the challenge, 365 blogs later, I'd learned the whole stack, which was incredible. I forced myself every day to learn. It was the most incredible thing I'd ever done for myself because I did it for me. And I then had this incredible following of people that was just like, that's crazy. They did this learning journey with me because I said that I'm not an expert, but I'm going to, whatever I learn, I'm going to share with you. And that's my passion. And then like Dan Holmesdale reached out and he says, geez, Trace, that's amazing. What are you going to do now? I said, never write a blog again, Dan. That's what I'm going to do. Never, ever, ever write a blog again. And you will not believe it. Two months later, they launched Microsoft 365 and I decided to do it again. So I did it two years in a row. The best thing I could ever have done for myself is to invest in myself and my skills. The best thing ever I could have done for myself. So, not quite in a nutshell, but I thought I'd share that with you. That's, that's madness, that is. That's, you know, it's absolute I, madness. Absolute madness. Because, you know, <laughs> it, it, it is hard when you're sitting there thinking, you know what, I, I need to put more stuff on my blog, but it's in like, well, what, what do I put on there? Do you know I mean, what do, what do I find interesting and want to talk about? And it's... You could spend ages sitting there with just writer's block thinking, oh, I don't know. But, yeah. It was such an amazing curve because it taught me to not always want to write the whole book. Sometimes you just got to share that thing. It's just that thing that someone's looking for, right? Mm. And it taught me to work in sequencing as well. So to walk at our world sequence. So I'm like, okay, guys, this month, 30 days, I'm going to teach you how to build the intranet. Boom. Every day I did a component of it. Or this is the next things I want to figure out. But the other thing that was important to me and still to this day it's in all my presentations, in all my training, in all my webinars, even for my customers. There's a slide of me that says, I don't know everything, but I know everyone who does. That's my superpower. And that's what I said from the start with the blogs. I don't know everything, people, but I'm so desperately wanting to learn. And with my learning journey, I'll share it with you. That's what I want to do. And if people can realize that, none of us are experts, but keep on sharing. Just keep on sharing and we can help each other. That's the point. So what advice would you give to, you know, someone entering the market space? You know, doesn't make a difference what region they're in, but you know, what, what would you suggest? Because obviously you don't want them to completely burn themselves out. I mean, obviously writing a blog every day is, you know, quite a... No, that was a little bit rough, okay? It's a bit rough. <laughs> but, um, 
for someone to get into blogging is that what you're asking yeah just, just get into blogging i mean what i mean i mean i've 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 blog i mean i've got pretty decent statistics i get like 500 yeah. a day you know i mean that, that, that's i'm happy with that you know i've got yeah. 30 300,000 views on my blog since i started blogging not, I'm happy with that. But what, yeah. what advice would you give to someone who wants to start blogging? And you know, because obviously, at the end of the day, the people, the thing, problem that people have is imposter syndrome. Yeah, absolutely. Always going to find someone that's already written that subject that you're going to talk absolutely. about. Absolutely. So, so on the imposter syndrome, I just want to remind everyone that the more you know, the bigger your imposter syndrome gets. Okay, you need to know that it doesn't get smaller, it gets bigger. Because imagine this: imagine I thought that there's no other continents; it's only Africa. Okay, there's, I, I didn't know there's a map. I didn't know that there's oceans. I didn't know that there's other continents. So that's what I base my journey on. And that's how big I feel. Now, imagine when I realize that there's more continents, I become smaller, my imposter syndrome becomes bigger. And then I go, wait a minute, there's actually planets out there. And then my imposter syndrome, because I, the more you realize that there's more to learn, the bigger your imposter syndrome becomes. So you need to become best friends with that baby because it's going to stick with you for life. And you need to talk down to that oak. Okay. So that imposter syndrome, you got to speak down to it. I think as in anything in life, nothing starts with passion. You, it's not like I'm going to wake up one day and be inspired and then write a blog. Action leads to consistency leads to the passion and the motivation, which is where the innovation and the inspiration kicks in. It starts with doing. Everything starts with doing. That's important. Just do the first one. Don't look at the year. Don't look at the forever. Just look at this one thing. Can you? I'm not going to ask you if you can blog for the rest of your life. I want to ask you is, can you write one blog? Can you do like one blog? That's it. That's all I'm asking. Can you? Shut then. Let's do it. Just do that one thing. Do one thing. Do that one thing. Okay, so that's important. And then also to know is that any of us that learns all this tech skills, we and because of the imposter syndrome, especially more in the beginning, you learn to have more authority. And that's based on the affirmation and confirmation you get from people. So if someone comes to you after a session at a conference, say, gee, Travis, that dropped me out of my shoes, then I'm like, okay, I didn't suck so much. Okay. So you get a lot of affirmation and confirmation when you do get involved in the community as well, which is great. But what you have to remember, which all of us struggles with, we've already forgotten what other people has to learn. So what you think is important to write, you're wrong. You're thinking ahead of yourself. You're thinking, what is the article you'd write, like to read? You're not important. It's the people following you that are still learning what you already know and have forgotten that you have to write for. That's the difficult part. So in the beginning, when I started blogging about simple things that I thought people would find stupid, I couldn't believe how much uh, people I got following my blog, reading my blogs. Like I couldn't believe it when I wrote about everyday things. I thought everything had to be with scripts and development and SharePoint. And believe it or not, my most popular blogs to this day is creative stuff doing creative uh, design work in PowerPoint for SharePoint. My most, most, most viewed blogs is creative stuff, is office tips, is learning, uh, teaching people to be more efficient and use shortcuts. I promise you it's unbelievable to this day. When I write thought leadership on digital literacy and things like that, it's my most hit blogs because there is the technical thing out there. So stop thinking that you're writing blogs for you. Start thinking that you're writing blogs for your children or for the youngsters who just started at work or something. Those are the people that still has to learn what you've already forgotten. And then you'll understand how valuable the information is that you have.
So that's that's kind of the ad, long advice again that I'd like to give anyone is firstly, you have to start. And secondly, write the things that people need to know. There's a lot of people. That's all you have to do is have empathy. I've had so many people, and that's the most precious thing ever, where someone will reach out to me and say, Trace, I'm so-and-so, I'm from India, I work alone in this company, I've never had support. Your blogs has saved my life. Your blogs has helped me with a career change or something. It's just that one person. You just need to help one person. It's just one person. You don't have to change the world. You don't have to have a million followers. It's one person that you're helping that changes the world. I mean, as I say many times to people when I talk about this podcast, you know, what is the mission of this podcast? Just to, just to help that one person. If one person listens to this podcast and listens to someone's story and then inspired to basically go on and do something successful within their own career or make that yeah. next step, I'm happy. You know what I mean? I, I, I would love for someone to re reach out to us and basically go, you know what, listening to such and such a person's story has really helped me. I mean, that would be the, the biggest thing for me. I'd, I'd, I'd take a lot of comfort knowing that, you know, what me and John have basically started has helped mm. at least one person. That, that's exactly it. It's just one person. And remember, there's this beautiful saying in um, in one of our 11 official languages in South Africa, typical, we always overdo things. 11 official languages, one of them is the Bantu language, okay? And in the Bantu language, there's a word Ubuntu, okay? Not the OS, don't get funny with me, Ubuntu. And Ubuntu means that I am who I am because of who we all are. If you had to ask me to summarize what community is, it's that I am who I am because of who we all are. I'm a component of this bigger, amazing, amazing picture. We all, imagine that. Imagine you turning around and saying this one puzzle piece means nothing. Have you seen a thousand piece puzzle built with one piece being missing? Every piece of the puzzle counts. And together that piece of the puzzle makes the most incredible picture. And that's the important thing for me. Awesome. I think we are coming quite close to time, so I'm, I'm going to throw out my usual like interview questions I like to do at the end. Just to, you do uh, that. Put people on their back foot. Um, I think obviously you know you are a hardworking person, and from my perspective, when I look at my career, I mean I've got another 30 years of IT ahead of me before I can retire. I and mean, have you ever thought, um, once your time in IT comes to an end, what are you going to do next? You seem a very much a person that's kind of driven, hardworking, you know, when it comes to time where you go, you know, it's time to retire. No, I am, um, even after what happened a couple of weeks ago, I've not changed my opinion about it. Again, my focus is different than life because I don't have a family and children. If you have a family and children, your focus is different. I've got motorcycles that are my kids, works completely different. I can leave them alone for two weeks at home, not feed them. No drama, okay? So, and I can buy other bikes and no one's jealous. But, um, so my focus is different in life. So, um, I remember one day telling one of my students that um, it's the saddest thing for me that I can't have kids, right? And he said, why? And I said, well, I won't ever leave a legacy behind. You know, that was quite sad for me. I had my little sad moments about it, like I can't have children. So, I will never leave a legacy behind. And he laughed in my face and he said, look at me, look at me. I'm your legacy. So, so what I do is my legacy. I will never stop helping people. I'm going to wake up one morning and realize that I'm too tired to switch on my computer. And that's it. I'll never, ever stop working. I'll never stop doing what I'm doing. I might work less every day. I might ride more motorbikes. Maybe some days I'll skip and just drink wine. That's how I see my retirement going. More wine days because it reduces my wine. But um, 
I don't ever see me doing something else. I never, ever see me retiring. I cannot imagine how unbelievably boring that must be. I never, ever want to retire, ever, ever want to retire. So yes, I need to find some balance. I need to ride my bikes more. I need to do more fun things, hike in the mountains and stuff. I don't think I'll ever stop working and I'll, I don't think I'll ever stop doing what I'm doing because I love it too much. Nice note to end on. Um, um, I think you said before the call that, um, that you, you feel bad for, for charging people for your job because you love it so much. Yep. <laughs> and that, that kind of fits into what you just said. That's exactly it. If I could, uh, if I could give it away for free, it would make me so much happier. I feel guilty that I have to charge people, and I don't feel guilty so much anymore. The big corporates, they have enough money, but there's so many small companies I would like love to help for free that needs the help. You know, so maybe that can be my retirement plan. Maybe I must just start playing the lottery because I don't. Okay, I always wish I win it, but I never play it. So maybe I should just play the lottery, win that money, and then I don't know, go do cool stuff for cool people for free. Awesome. So thanks for taking part in today's podcast, Tracy. It's been absolutely great having you today. Um, you've fantastic insight to not only your day-to-day job, but um, your health and, and giving people a good insight to what not to do <laughs> and what to do to kind of um, to, to help with day-to-day stress as well. And um, and obviously your particular views on um, on the women in the community, um, women in IT is... Um, we, we get different views every day so it's, it's 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 great to hear another one so yeah thanks for taking part absolutely my pleasure thanks for inviting me to uh, to hang out with you cool thank you very much thank you for listening to the microsoft spotlight podcast please make sure you hit that like share and subscribe button to help us promote our message you can also follow us on twitter at msft spotlight and we're also on linkedin the microsoft spotlight podcast and finally We'd like to tell you a little bit about BitTitan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.